2: This is TV worth talking about. I'm Catherine, by the way. I'm 47. I'm
0: divorced. I live with my sister, who's a recovering heroin addict. I have two grown up children one dead, one who don't speak to me, and a grandson. Shrine Podcasts presents Happy Valley.
2: Hello and welcome to Shrine Podcasts presents Happy Valley. I'm Rebecca. I'm Brendan. And I'm Hannah. Well done, guys, for getting that right. Yeah, good. We, we need to agree on an order because it's stressful we every week. I, I feel, feel like. like we
0: had it before and we sort of lost it somewhere Wait, along you the see, way. There's no
1: order. The way Ant and Deck are just... But, Ant and Deck. like, that's agreed. Phil and Holly, like, it's all agreed and they stand on the same side
2: all the time. Why can't yeah. we just get it together? Because we rotate the names. Because we yeah. rotate the that's recap. That's what it is. So... Or, you know what I mean? We'll get it right someday. I do. Just, you know, yeah. We yeah. Will. Um, Well, guys, Sally Wainwright has, of course, done it again with another epic episode of her Northern Noir, keeping us on tenterhooks and wide awake on a school night. A Northern Noir? Oh, I stole that from yeah, no, Oh, that is Seth, that, you coin that term? I did not know that. I saw that somewhere. Oh, that's it's gorgeous. Yes. delicious. I'll just say I yeah, I Well agree. done, Rebecca. Um Irishman Fergus O'Brien took over directorial duties this week and did a phenomenal job. We stand Fergus. We'd love to chat to him on the podcast. We'll just put that out there in the universe, won't we? Yes, we will. Now, will. in the third episode of the series, Faisal went from standing on squeaky toys to becoming a stone cold killer, placing an unexpected item in the bagging area. Balm chica, wow wow. We finally got to see Darius Konezovich in the flesh and he did not disappoint. And Tommy Lee Royce served some L'Oreal because I'm worth it realness and gave us a makeover scene as good as Anne Hathaway's in the princess diaries before paying for a haircut with a tin of tuna, scaling a glass wall <laughs> and escaping from a courtroom and getting his hands on some lycra stupid sexy Flanders my god I'm now thinking do you know what that cyclist looked like that's a great Halloween costume isn't it the glasses and everything the man was flat to the mat this episode there was so many he served so many <laughs> he looks. did he
0: did that is a great Halloween costume but we know I'm booked in as Claudia Winkleman from The Traitors and we were Halloween. in the capes
2: yeah it's, it's, we did we've got to agree that you're you, Claudia yeah. and myself and Hannah are the traitors we are, the, yeah. Stunning. We have the, clo- I have the cloak from Winifred Sanderson, so it's all ready. Are you? Are you, you going to channel Amanda? Uh, yeah, I will. Oh, I'm channeling
1: Amanda. If
2: I'm channeling anyone, Amanda.
1: what a woman! Oh, oh my God, God she deserves
2: all. The she's money doing Carrie. She's doing show. loads of meet and greets and gay. Yeah, yeah. I love these it. gays are trying to murder me. <laughs> It's so good. Okay, guys, back to business for a moment. Today, Hannah has got a stunning recap. Brendan is armed with lots of thoughts and theories. But before that, we must discuss something so exciting that happened to us this week (laughs) that it almost tipped us over the edge. It involves a very famous UK daytime game show. Can you guys please explain? Because I was on the phone and I missed the first half an hour of this whole incident. Uh, Brendan, can you explain what happened Thursday evening?
0: Yeah, I had, I'd say, a solid half an hour to 40 minutes by myself. I was <laughs> up the walls and I kept going into our WhatsApp group, checking, you know, the way you can see in a group if there's blue ticks or not, because I've yeah. been t- turned off normally. And I had sent the messages in and I was like, oh, God, they haven't read it. They haven't read it. I was this close to phoning you, which is like, obviously, that's like a red alert because we don't phone each other. Everything is just on message.
1: Remember, we, we did the only phone call we've ever had, honestly, I think was the BBC breakfast yeah. phone call. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I got the fright of my life. I think Rebecca rang me and I was like, I'm picking up the phone, Brandon Studdery's missing it's <laughs> one of them and I just have to brace myself. <laughs>
0: So I was sitting at home. It was was did you say it was last Thursday? Twas, yeah? Last Thursday evening was it last, because I was yeah, dumping for a drink and Sit. I was
1: gonna do it, you know. Would we ever forget it? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um so sitting at home, minding my own business and um I, I I can't remember what I was watching. That's irrelevant to the story. Um when my friend Pierce, who lives in London, um, WhatsApp me and said, Chicken, your podcast was just on tipping point. And I replied and said, ah, now, pet, you're wrong, surely. It must have been line of duty, not shrine of duty. Well, Pierce clapped back and he was absolutely adamant that it was the podcast. Two seconds later, my cousin Claire, who also lives in London, sent me a video of her TV in her sitting room and said, you're probably getting loads of messages, but your podcast was just a question on tipping point. And then I was flat out messaging both of you in the group. We were, were both very busy, and eventually we. And I'm glad it was. It was about four p.m. And I'm glad it was because by the time I got into bed, Rebecca and myself have to get up early to do our our, our show every morning, and I had just about wound down from the excitement when there was an update from Rebecca so
2: I'm there on the Instagram sharing the video that Hannah kindly pulled <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh because God, Hannah Bill. has access to, to ITV because Hannah's in London at the moment right so we, I was sharing the video and I said I'll tag Ben Do you know in the video didn't I see a DM come in from Ben himself I was giddy giddy when i saw this so i'll reach out to dm now ben said cracking question hang on
1: now god on who are you prince harry <laughs> <laughs>
2: hang on ben. a second did we <laughs> is
1: this ben shepherd replying to us yeah. or did he slide into no, our? ben DM? shepherd
2: replied to the story about the thing do you get me so he slide goes the story. cracking okay. question and she got it right Clearly, the podcast's a hit, and then he did a flame emoji, and you know the muscle emoji, the arm, the <laughs> muscle. Do you know the that? I can't. I no one can see me. Yeah, guys, have you got a flame a emoji. Flame emoji from, from Ben. ben. So I wrote back to Ben and I said, "OMG, Ben, you're an icon. We'd love to have you on as a guest." And he goes, "Would love to if I can." <laughs> So I need to get on to his because management, guys. So we'd love to talk to Ben Jeff. And I got so giddy then in the WhatsApp group
1: because I was just actually crying tears that like any celebrity that comes into any form of contact with our podcast is cornered into a corner of the
2: internet and forced to come on. Yeah, as a forced. And then we Do call the I mean? friend of the podcast forever more than friend of the podcast. Forever. Ben Shepard. Oh, I like God it. Yeah. Doesn't oh, it have a good, good ring? Podcast, Chabot, anyway, lovely. If
0: If we see that, that, that their account has even looked at one of our stories and we've never interacted, Watch friend of the podcast. Uh, for anyone who didn't uh, see Tipping Point or hasn't seen the clip on uh, Shrine Pod social, here is the question in question. Oh, go on. Which BBC TV series, created by Jed Mercurio, is the main subject of a podcast called Shrine of Duty?
1: Line of Duty. Correct. Oh Absolutely, my God! Yes.
0: I can't believe it,
1: guys. I actually still cannot believe that happened. We had the funniest night though on um, on WhatsApp. I actually loved it.
0: Once the Ben Shepherd DM started, I actually because I was in bed, like trying to go to <laughs> sleep, in. and I could see both of you were flying. There were voice notes, which I actually still haven't listened back to. um and I had to just airplane mode, put the phone down and just pretend that there wasn't a conversation going on that Ben Shepherd had slid into Reb's DMs and sent her <laughs> a flame emoji because I, I wouldn't sleep.
1: It's a flame emoji bit that just, what a lovely man, like what
0: Like what a lovely ben thing Shepard, to do. Ben Shepard, if you are listening, you are now our profile pic in the Shrine of Duty WhatsApp yeah.
1: group. <laughs> <laughs> He's absolutely not listening to this. But Ben, thank, thank you, ben. you for the flame emoji. And guys, I actually cut together a little clip of our reactions. Yeah. Just oh no, no. they no, are no, no. so funny. So I'm playing them now for everybody to hear.
0: Being a question on a TV quiz show, and not just any TV quiz show, but Tipping Point, and had our podcast name uttered out of the gorgeous mouth of Ben Shepherd himself. This is it. Like uh, we're done done
2: guys i actually cannot breathe what on earth how did that how did that end up on that show oh my god Sorry, I'm actually gonna die laughing. Anyone that has anything remotely to do with us on social
1: media, sorry, let me let me pause Love Island. Anyone that remotely comes into contact with us, we just bring them on the podcast. Like Siobhan McSweeney tweeted us what tweeted me once about a flag we got on, and this it is so fun. it's absolute Guys, the podcast is chaos.
0: Guys, I'm so up the walls giddy that I'm ha- I'm glad I didn't have it didn't happen any closer to bedtime because I don't think i am going to sleep as it is. Like I'm climbing the walls. It's so like it's I just love it. It's like ITV daytime TV game show. Like it's
2: ridiculous. Guys, I actually I can't cope with I'm crying laughing at your messages, but I'm actually this is this is pe- this is our peak this is the peak. I cannot cope that this happens. It's the fucking funniest thing in the whole world. Oh, ah! oh no. Well, guys, we're not right. Oh. We're not right. No, we're not right. But, guys,
1: I love our <laughs> WhatsApp group. It's absolute chaos. And the weirdest things seem to happen to us because this podcast it makes me ATM. so happy. You wake up every day. You don't know what direction <laughs> your day is going to go in. It could be a question on daytime TV game show, Tipping Point.
0: Like it's it's the wildest thing I think that's happened to us yet. The most unexpected, unexpected and fun and also thing. what a great claim to unexpected. fame, guys!
2: Like what a like what a great little fact about yourself when you're starting a new job or something. Oh, the, the podcast I do with my two friends is on question oh, on
1: 100% I think that's brilliant. <laughs> like our last claim to fame was probably the the lawyer's letter that we got from the BBC when Brendan nearly fell up the stairs on work. The stairs, yeah. We had um. What's the word? A what? cease
0: and desist.
1: Yeah, we got a cease and desist. Like, it was absolutely outrageous that we just thought we could use the line of duty. Like, look and now. Parody, beautiful song. Judy.
2: Like, beautiful song.
1: Intro music on our podcast without paying any royalties to anyone. That's <laughs> graceful, carry on. Uh, guys, I was
0: fully versed in like, you know, broadcast law and stuff. I Should
2: we run a lot Anyway, absolutely, <laughs> gas. What a great week. And guys, what a cracking episode of Happy Valley. Hannah is on the recap this week. Take it away, bitch.
1: Thank you so much. As, uh, Reb, you pointed out earlier on, directed by Irishman Fergus O'Brien. Just a huge um, week for the Irish. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon and the Oscar nominations came in. I'm just absolutely Thrilled for everyone There's Irish people Going up against Irish people There's so many people nominated So I just It's amazing It's so okay. good. Isn't it so good And I feel like yeah. I know them. I love I'm that, that happy. you're
0: personally Thrilled for them
1: I am personally yeah. thrilled. I'm like, what are Barry Jones' family like now in Dublin? They must be having a yeah, ball. A but I'm personally devastated for myself because my attempt to get tickets to a streetcar named Desire, which has been absolutely fruitless for the last couple of weeks since... I'm pretty sure since Paul Meskell was photographed with Angelina Jolie, I think that's what just put... I just can't get them. And a woman in work... A friend of the podcast LP has been refreshing LP. that LP was refreshing that ticket page and she got a pair of tickets for two weeks ago so I had hope but now he's an oscar-nominated actor I'm not getting near the thing am I
0: you know sometimes if you ring the box office on the day of or go there if you're around the evening of sometimes there's just two float. A little
1: miracle mmm well, look, if there's any other tips for getting those guys, somebody write in. OK, episode four picks up directly after episode three is Ivan and Mattia or the boyos, as Brendan insists, speed away from the scene of Joseph's arrest. To recap, Joseph posed as the boyfriend of a blind woman so he and his gang could use her flat to store dodgy money. When the woman named Danielle copped on to what was happening, Joseph imprisoned her in her own bedroom for weeks, leading to her attempted escape via a window resulting in her death. Now, Jim Corr, a.k.a. Victor, ordered Ivan and Matthias to murder Joseph before the police got to him. But they fuck that up. And it seems like they robbed 30k off the money for themselves. So they're in a right pickle and they don't know that Catherine Kaywood jotted down their reg place. So it's about to get a whole lot worse for the pair of them. So they desperately attempt to hatch a plan to prevent Jim Victor Core from killing them, which involves stashing the money and telling Victor that they were too late when they turned up and the police already had Joseph in custody. So later at the station, Anne is struggling in her new role in CID. She can't come to terms with Joseph only being charged on counts of false imprisonment and money laundering with no mention of rape or murder. Now a worn out Catherine with 11 missed calls from Claire tells her that excusing him or accusing him of rape is an absolute minefield. She says, our job is to make the law work as best we can. And yet it doesn't always fit the bill. Now, she agrees with Anne, but she's kind of seen it all before. The police need to charge this scumbag with something that they know he's not going to wiggle out of in court. And distracted by her frustrations, hasn't yet handed over the red plate of Ivan and Mattia's car to the higher-ups, the car the Catherine spotted circulating Joseph's house on the day of the raid. Catherine is fuming. and calls it a sarcastic yeah, bitch. Yeah, and she says, and are you shitting me? A doze. Yeah, I loved that. And <laughs> somebody retweeted it on our
2: Twitter account. It's very good. Are you good. shitting me? Are you shitting me? <laughs> I just loved that. I just honestly. The Joe just <laughs> makes me laugh like, at times. I think like, it's so funny. It's just like I yeah. think Catherine
1: Kaywood is my favourite character that's ever been created on TV yeah. ever. It's she's ass. so real. I just I'm trying to think now. Just couldn't beat it. So Ivan and Mattia are both in a country lane burying the cash they nicked when Jim Core rings. It's Jarius. And he knows about their mess up and he wants to see them tonight. Now meanwhile Rob has collected the girls and brought them home from school but there's no sign of Joanna. The camera pauses for a minute on Rob and his youngest daughter Poppy. And we see them looking into the area of the kitchen where we last saw Joanna but there's nothing there thank God. Don't look at me like that, Rob says to his daughter before telling her to take her coat off. Guys, what's
2: going on? Oh, with Jesus, coat? seriously?
0: Yeah, I still think that daughter saw something there. I think there's going to be a reveal in the next episode. Look like two. she saw a ghost,
2: but, like yeah? yeah.
0: Did well, I mean, she? Maybe she did. We'll did talk she see about, something? We'll, we'll, she we'll paused discuss.
2: for too long, and then that coat situation she did. as well. She saw yeah. something.
0: Yeah.
1: Asterix it, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Catherine has popped into Neil's agents. Now, she skulks in the aisle as he finishes serving customers like a predator circling their prey. And when they finally come face to face, Neil tells her, don't be cross. And she buys a packet of Panadol from him, presumably for her facial injury, courtesy of Joseph. Now, do you know what he did to Becky? That vacuous hug that you go and sit with, Catherine puts to Neil. Now, Neil is remarkably calm here, considering he's come under her full wrath. He's actually dealing with it very well. I'd be shaking, He personally. is. Too
2: well, almost.
1: It's very suspicious. Mm. So, she tells him that there's facts only her and Richard know about what T.S. What, Tommy? T-L- T.L.R. T.L.R. Did sounds the like best. a train, doesn't it? She, I'll just hop on the T.L.R. after there. work. TL or well that's a really you don't want to ride I'd say pet so she asks Neil not to take Ryan back to the prison to see his dad she calls Tommy a black hole he's not human and I and Neil says I think I know that now Neil's a bit cheeky here for me I'd be absolutely livid if I was Catherine I think she's very calm considering. So Catherine asks, did Ryan bully Neil into taking him to visit his dad? Neil says he wore him down, but he wasn't nasty about it. He then explains that Ryan would have gone anyway. He would have found a way he was that determined. And at least by taking him, he could keep an eye on him. Now that... I think is fair enough. That's like the argument of like your kid is 16 and they want to start drinking. So do you just let them have a few drinks in the house? Because at least you can keep an eye on them doing the the wrong thing. He was going to get
2: on to to moaning Myrtle or something. He'd do something. He'd find a way to go because he really wants to see the daddy. I get that. But I'm still like, is Neil, is there more to Neil's story or is he just a bit of a dope?
1: I don't know yeah. I don't You can
2: so. understand
0: you can understand both sides you can understand Neil and Claire's sort of um, the way they've rationalised it in their own heads of like yeah he was going to do it anyway so let's he- kind of do it and keep an eye on him and you can also understand Catherine's major frustration yeah. and like terror I also think thought.
2: Neil just really wants to be that father figure to Ryan because his own kids don't talk to him too so It's a second yeah. chance for, for
1: Neil to be a dad I also love Neil's voice can I just say I just think it's absolutely fabulous and I wish he'd read audio books and I would listen to them so Neil promises Katrin that he won't facilitate Ryan going there (laughs) sorry is that not (laughs) is that I don't don't.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure it would be for me
1: (laughs) it will be for me okay it will be for me so Neil promises Katrin that he won't facilitate (laughs) sorry is everybody okay Rebecca <laughs> has literally fallen
2: out of, this, <laughs> fallen out of scene have I you know like he just yeah <laughs> Everyone's a voice that they're attracted to You know what I mean It happens in different And everyone I love this man who a does the cat a is, is, a, <laughs> is he not a bit like <laughs> The man who does the Irish radio ad pretending to be a cat And I'm, I find him really attractive You like Neil from Happy Valley Like you know Do
1: you know what each to their own Yeah it's a big world out there. Yeah. Okay, Neil promises Catherine that he won't facilitate Ryan going to the prison again. And Catherine says that Ryan can come home and that she'll do pretty much anything. Neil tells Catherine that he's already told Ryan that he's not taking him tomorrow. What's tomorrow, asks Catherine. Well, it's Tommy's big day in court for the sentencing in the Gary Gagoski murder. I am sorry. And there's no way Catherine C. Wood would not know that that man was going to court.
0: One million yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah.
1: Come on now. Yeah. So we cut to the Sheffield prison. and Oh, my favourite. It is a makeover sequence. Jesus Christ. Superstar is no more. Tommy gets now. It's an absolutely stunning, I have to say, haircut by a fellow inmate to a background of Where Did You Sleep Last Night by Nirvana. Yes, Brendan.
0: The um, fellow inmate. We got a message from somebody who said he's actually a really well-known barber in the area. Uh, oh, so he's so he a real a barber. Really
2: that. That. Uh, yeah,
0: so they got it, they brought him in to, to cut his hair. Yeah.
1: Let's Great, get him on the podcast, The Barber from Leeds and the Ben Shepherd special. So, Tommy is absolutely smitten with the face smiling back at him in the mirror, his favorite face, his own, and all for the price of what seemed to be three small cans of <laughs> tuna. We, we, also, an absolute bargain. It's an, a stunning haircut and like the before and after, it's like night and day. And um, we also spot in this scene that Tommy, has got a massive tattoo of a cross with Ryan's name and it going over the back of his shoulders. So Allison is working on Catherine's retirement jeep in the lane behind the house. Now surely this woman has a bigger part to play in this series, guys. Yeah. She was not brought no. back
2: just for her car. with The clutch,
1: very mild mechanic. truck, yeah. Catherine's jeep into lend someone a truck. Now I'm just suspicious about what's going on there. So while Catherine um talks about her confusion with her ex-husband
2: Richard, who was just sitting in her kitchen, <laughs> that was not explained. Like Richard obviously has a key, but why is he just sitting there? Like was he looking after Ryan? Maybe making dinner. didn't you know? explain that. And
1: I'm thrilled for them. Like I don't want Catherine to date um. What's yeah, Nevison. There's
0: Neveson been Catherine. there hasn't been another word of that since he'll he be read. back next episode, guys.
1: Yeah, I want Catherine to get back at Richard, but can your ex-husband just sit in your house making dinner and just be there working on the laptop? Partly you can. Modern family. This is it. Catherine is talking out her confusion as to why Tommy wants Ryan to go and see him in court the next day. She's absolutely baffled. Now, this is my favourite scene of the episode. Didn't I have a thing last week where, or the first week I was doing this, where I had a phrase for really good scenes and then we were going to do a klaxon? Can anyone remember what I called that?
0: I do remember that now, but I I don't know. Was it like iconic
1: scene klaxon? Something something.
0: like that, yeah.
1: Okay, well, we'll pretend that's what it is because these are scenes that I will definitely go back and rewatch because I just love them. Because Catherine and Richard are having this expertly written and acted tennis match of a conversation where one sentence they're talking about Ryan, Tommy, and the trial, and then the next sentence in the same conversation they're talking about who Alison is why
2: she's outside, and why <laughs> and Catherine oh it like so Catherine it's so funny it so good it's so good yeah, cool. it was like 10 out of so, 10 perfection it's it's just
1: actually 10 out of 10 perfection so it's here that Catherine suggests that Richard goes to the court the next day himself to help with the article that he's working on I think Brendan you said that, was it the Guardian that have paid him to write this article did I yeah they him? have yeah
0: yeah no yeah he did say it was the Guardian yeah
1: I delighted for Richard. That's huge. So so she then reveals she went to Tommy's mother's funeral because she found her body. She also wanted to just have a look at him and in case he tried to escape major foreshadowing.
0: That was definitely placed back in there to remind everyone who's forgotten that Tommy believes that Catherine killed his mother. That was placed there. Like one million percent to remind everyone that Tommy believes that Catherine killed his mother.
1: And he really does believe it. Like, I don't think he's just putting it on.
0: He's convinced himself of it. Yeah.
1: Convinced. So they bring back up Alison shooting her son here and they actually talk a lot about that case, which I'm just wondering, is it more foreshadowing? And then Catherine tells Richard, because she asks, can Alison come for dinner? She doesn't bite. I just thought that was interesting
2: because what is Alison doing back in this season, really? Allison's going to expose so, Nevison, I think. Because she's gotten a job with Nevison and I think nevison has been working for the I, I think, and the UFO. I think mm-hmm. that might be the link with all that.
1: Mm, there has to be something. So it turns out Richard has been busy researching said Knessovich's and there is Darius. We know about him and his brother Zeliko. So uh, Zellico is the eldest and the biggest and Darius takes everything to the next level. So somebody Richard spoke to reckons it was the two of them, Darius and Zellico, who shot Ashley Cowgill back in season one. So they, Richard reckons it was the two of them on the motorbike that shot Ashley Cowgirl back in season one. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I just have
0: to interrupt your recap, Hannah. We've literally just been tweeted by the barber who Stop cut it. Tommy Lee no, Royce's did, did, hair. I, did Stop you it. tweet him? No, his name is Gaz Curly. And he's just said Curly. that um, he thinks he deserved the extra tin of tuna. He's like, nice trim, no? Winky face emoji.
1: Hang on a second. So did we literally just say, let's get that man on the podcast? And then yeah, Seconds tweeted later, us. he tweeted Sorry. us.
0: Gaz Curly, dad, barber, Man United fan, always on the go. Oh my God, hilarious.
1: Man United fan. Yeah. C- C- Brenton, invited him on. I mean, Give if that, that man is not fake, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> and Sorry, he did. He got so He sort of got two tins of tuna and then another tin of tuna as a tip.
0: Yeah, that was it.
1: Because Tommy was thrilled. And I have to say, it was a gorgeous haircut.
0: It was a great cut,
1: wasn't it? So, um, somebody, Richard spoke. She reckons the two of them that shot Ashley Kego back in season one. So, after they pulled that off, they then became big players in the game. And sorry, Darius Knezovic himself has accepted an interview with Richard under the guise that they will be talking about his oh bid for local. God, consults. Richard's a
2: goner, guys.
1: Guys, I'm absolutely <sighs> shaking yeah, for yeah. Richard.
0: Jesus lads I've watched this twice and I missed that bit.
1: I have to say that's why I said it real slow because he whacked it in at the end and Catherine was half out the door. Okay. So Jim Court, Victor, uh, Ivan and Mattia meet Darius Knezovic and his brother in a warehouse that he's just bought. It's full of asbestos. Darius looks incredible. When the pair can't give a decent answer as to how they would use the space, Darius becomes frustrated and attacks Ivan, eventually urinating on him. So Darius is fuming about the cost of the lawyer's fees Joseph will need to get him out of prison. Uh, But he decides to give the pair another chance. He has a job for them tomorrow. They'll put their best suits on. They're off to Leeds. And after the mysterious job is done, they are to come back separately, one on the train, one on the bus. Now, we all knew that that was going to be in connection with Tommy Lee Royce. So it is Tommy's big day. And I have to say, right, the sky blue jumpers and grey bottoms that they have in that prison are absolutely gorgeous. I I would wear one myself. Yeah, they are nice. But it is... Gorgeous. But it's not long before he's back in the green and yellow jumpsuit getting transported to the court. So in their house, Neil and Claire sit Ryan down for a chat, and this is another iconic scene, Claxon, because I love the decision they made here about where to place the camera when various people were speaking. So Neil is telling Ryan that maybe they made a mistake taking him to see his dad and that he sort of had a chance now. And then he trails off. And Ryan looks devastated, but the majority of time in this scene anyway, seemed to me to be on Claire's face and she's doing so much without saying a word. Siobhan Finneran and actually all three actors in the scene, so Siobhan, Reese, Connor, and Connor O'Neill are like serving incredible performances here. Neil is explaining to Ryan that the things Tommy did to his mum weren't very nice and he asks him not to go and see him anymore and Claire cannot take it anymore and she um, asks Ryan to dwell on it before leaving. She's so uncomfortable in this situation. So there is no sign of Joanna. Rob brings his mom to help with the kids. He's a rude pig to her as well. Then, growing suspicious, he spots Catherine's message to Joe on the answering machine. He tries to phone her again and no answer, but we see that her phone is lighting up in the kitchen underneath one of the cupboards. Rob speeds off with the kids to school in his very snazzy car. And next of all, he slams into the back of none other than Walter Faisal White himself. At
2: a green light, oh, guys. Naturally do you know what I mean
1: so Rob naturally is going ballistic and Faisal has this alarming new air of confidence <gasps> after his first murder telling him are you alright are your little girls alright your little girls in the car there it's very threatening
0: he was literally a completely different person to He's the one we've seen in every episode guys. so far
1: yeah. Faisal said fuck this he's enjoying the confidence he's almost thrilled Rob crashed into him he then tells Rob that it will be a bit of stress to get sorted but it will be alright and I think... It's kind of something he's saying that he's learned in the last few weeks that his situation was a little bit of stress to get sorted, i.e., he murdered a woman to deal with it, but it will be all right because Faisal is feeling good, guys. And then that crash
0: asked, was very deliberate on Faisal's behalf. Very deliberate.
1: Yeah. And then he asks, Is something else upsetting you? And he's just sprinkling the breadcrumbs to throw Rob under the bus to claim that he sped away from the scene of his wife's murder into the back of my car and seemed very irrational when I. About. And the kids filming it guys The little girl filming yeah. it
2: I was like oh yeah That'll be used now
1: Yeah exactly So in her car Outside the station Catherine decides to answer One of Claire's calls So she is ringing To offer Joanne, Joanna Her number To ask her to come To one of the groups That Claire runs At the mission Did Catherine you hear the t- ringtone? Was it an alien ringtone?
0: It was like, an, it was like a Guys It does like it though Sorry it, was like, a, it was like it was like an alien spaceship. Theme, it rings, like, yeah,
2: yeah, it was like UFO. It rings five. UFO every yeah. episode, and I'm always like, What the hell is that music? Like, we need to know what that music <laughs> is. It's so funny.
1: <clears throat> Please someone tweet us in what that music is. So Catherine tells her to shove her misplaced to gutting up her arse. So Claire sort of questions Catherine about what happened before Becky died, you know, what she kept to herself. Claire then tells Catherine that she loves her and she's sorry and it's really sincere. Catherine asks Claire if Ryan has definitely gone to school because it's the day of Tommy's trial and she says yes. He left before her on his bike but obviously he's on a train to Leeds like ring the fucking school. Turn on Find My Friends on your iPhone. Guys, Hebden Bridge Rail Station is gorgeous. It's very quaint, isn't it? It was lovely. Beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, of course he's gone to Leeds. Ring the school. Come on now. So Catherine is straight into Mike Taylor because I love Mike Taylor. He's just a brilliant character, isn't he? He's constantly <laughs> yeah. worn out, but also... Yeah, he's
0: so worn out. But,
1: but he still has time for everyone. I just really like him. He's been a solid character throughout the three seasons. So after Claire mentions that Tommy wanted this father and son bungee jumping day, Catherine sees that as proof that he's going to try and escape and insists that Mike look into it. Before she's interrupted by a call from an angry Rob, he's wondering, has Catherine helped Joanna find shelter in a women's refuge? Now, upon learning that Joe is missing, Catherine is really concerned. Rob tells her that it's not what she thinks that Joanna has done this before, that she's hard work and she's a lot to put up with. She tells him to ring around the hospitals and he says, no, he's in work, he doesn't have time. So Catherine tells Rob she's worried and Joanna is a vulnerable person. And we see kind of what I think is a flicker of concern in Rob. I think it's starting to sink in. So, elsewhere, Ryan gets off the train and leads on his way to
2: court. And Richard, his granddad, tops out a couple of carriages ahead of him. Guys, Ryan's very tall. Surely you'd notice him. Especially in the courtroom scenes. I was like, ah, come on.
0: Yeah, yeah. You'd think he would spot spotted him. But I guess Ryan just hung back from the train, hid in the corridors of the courthouse and then sat back deliberately. In the courtroom,
1: yeah, really added yeah, to the tension. Like how they don't have a tracker on his phone; he's already been kidnapped by his dad. Is just absolutely beyond me. So, meanwhile, Joanna's parents make a missing persons report with Joyce, who they're um, like they're reporting this sort of obsessed. like obsessed.
0: Yeah, I they interrupted her collecting the money,
1: her <laughs> counting the money, counting the money. <laughs> so. <laughs> I like this scene because they sort of like masterfully hold back for a few minutes who they're actually reporting missing. And then we realize it's Joanna and they must be her parents. So Catherine soon arrives to conduct a formal interview and Joe's parents reveal that Rob called last night and he was odd on the phone. It is just not looking good for him. He's getting, do- he's getting done with this murder that the parent now. Here we go. Actually met when Joe was still in school, doing her A-levels, and he was her teacher. I knew I got paedophile vibes in the last scene last week, guys, and I just feel vindicated now. So they soon married, and then Rob blocked all her contact with her family, and they've hardly seen the grandchildren. She was prescribed diazepam, as we know, but Rob is the one that wouldn't let her take them, and he flushed them down the toilet. Joe's mom tells Catherine that if anything happens to her daughter, it's Rob that did it. And Catherine asks, was she seeing anyone else? And the pair say no, not that they're aware of. Now, I love this scene. It's Joyce and Mike Taylor, and they're discussing Catherine's (laughs) retirement, which is coming up that week. And Joyce has raised £2,175 and six pence on her whip around. I have never heard of a whip around as lucrative of that. No. People <laughs> Catherine have has arrested have been going into that. <laughs> and Joyce has got so much money she doesn't know what to do with it. So she's like, should I just give her the cash in an envelope? Should we get a proper present and Mike does a bit of a presentation on a speech? Or will they just have an all-out do and if she doesn't come they'll have the drinks anyway and then Joyce will fly around her with the envelope. But before they can figure it out, (laughs) they're interrupted by Catherine, who wants Mike to allow her to escalate Joe's disappearance to a official missing person. Uh, She needs the approval because it's very soon. But Catherine is making a strong case, given all the suspicious circumstances. So Catherine thinks the only reason that Rob rang her when he heard the message was to cover his track. So Rob's fucked here, guys then that conversation is interrupted by Mike getting a call to let him know that Tommy Lee Royce has safely arrived inside Leeds court. So Ryan is in court and he is trying to dodge his granddad. And there's a very cool shot of him with Ivan and Mattia behind him looking at the list of trials. Yeah,
0: the timesheet, yeah.
1: Yeah, on that day. And I just think that's cool because it's like that... Is the route that Ryan will go down or could potentially go down if he gets in with his dad and doesn't follow what Catherine and his family are trying to do for him. I just thought it was a bit of not foreshadowing, but just interesting to place him with those people. At the school, Rob gets a call from a DC Chris Hayes from Per's Missing Persons Yorkshire Police and he wants to meet Rob at, jo- at his and Joanna's home in 30 minutes. Rob is fuming but he goes back anyway. So guys, it's Tommy's big moment. He is getting his very own glass box spectacular and he is suited and booted for the occasion. Led into court, handcuffed and deposited into the glass box, Tommy turns to take a look at his audience from the balcony Beaming from ear to ear when he spots Ryan. If he was the worst per if like if he wasn't the worst person ever, it would actually be cute about how much he loves his son. Richard then tries to catch a glance at the person who caused such happiness to cross the psychopath's face but doesn't manage it. And Tommy is the only person not to stand as the judge arrives. So elsewhere, DC Hayes meets Rob at his home to interview him. Rob admits to thinking there was nothing wrong with his wife, that she just needed to get out and go for a run you'd just strangle him wouldn't you but lately he has been genuinely concerned might she have had some kind of borderline personality disorder she can't really engage with the real world he says then Hayes cops the lock on the fridge he then asks can you have a look around and Rob says what would you do if I said no and then he laughs and is like oh no work away he's a lunatic guys so he's actually quite normal and helpful in this scene I thought yeah
0: I thought that as well yeah yeah, yeah. for his
1: you know I mean it's absolute basic basic human decency but for (laughs) Rob I think it's actually quite um, a lot
0: a bit of a stretch
1: endearing Um, and he tells Hayes that she hasn't taken her phone charger or her toothbrush but her phone is missing so back in the courtroom Tommy eyes up his enclosure clearly making an exit plan he's like a proud boy showing off to a pier having Ryan there watching him Hayes elsewhere tells Rob if I say elsewhere again, I'm going to scream. Hayes tells Rob he'll check Joe's Facebook, phone records, and bank accounts before searching the garage. Rob then spots a suitcase that definitely no, wasn't guys. there. Before, guys. Oh, my
2: God. Oh, my God.
1: And Hayes leaves. After he goes, Rob attempts to pick it up, but it's very heavy. He unzips it to find Joe's dead body. And I have to say, it was just as terrifying on the second watch. It was, it was absolutely horrifying. It was absolutely horrifying. So back in the... But a bit of me was like, you deserve to be the one that finds that for what you put that woman through. You deserve the trauma of what that would cause you.
0: Yes, but why did he not... Cause he's, we saw him double look at. He was like, "What? That shouldn't be there. Why didn't he say that in front of the police officer?" They were never going to
1: believe in Brandon. Yeah, you bang to right. Yeah. like true, Catherine Kay true. would hate them. There's a lock on the fridge. There's, yeah, he has a, a temper. Joe's mom literally said, word for word, if anything has happened to my daughter, it's, it's him. him. There's no connection yeah. with Faisal. Although they will get those fingerprints off the door. They will.
0: Fair they point. Have to.
1: So I think that's why. Um. Just as terrifying on the second watch. Yeah, that was really creepy. So back in the court, Ivan and Matias started a fight with two other men in the corridor outside. This was obviously their special little job. From the so
0: tar- they got a message from uh, Victor, I assume, to say kick off at 12.55. But the court listing for uh, Tommy's sentencing was 11.15. Oh, now, 15. I don't think any sentencing lasts from 11.15 to nearly 1pm. No. That's very long for a sentencing.
1: Mm-hmm. Is this the continuity
2: error bell or ringing Brandon the
0: continuity police again or thing. else maybe
2: that they're just, they're bringing him at 12.55 from Rico's news agents or something they're picking him up from when he cycles no
0: because he saw his wife, there was a shot of the clock and at 12.55 he started the row with the other oh, guy sitting sorry, outside sorry
2: my apologies is the sentencing a super quick
1: situation sentencing's yeah? 10 really quick in
0: my limited ten knowledge minutes. anyway
1: you're hmm? in and out, are you?
0: Uh, no, they tend to be quick. I don't know. I've if never I'm been
1: dead. sentenced myself. No, n- neither have I. God, I so, wouldn't
0: mind the drama. No, I wouldn't. That's a joke.
1: Yeah, but you'd, you wore a gorgeous suit. You get your big day out. You'd look fab, Brandon. I think it is. Guys, suit.
0: I once went around. I don't know what was wrong with me. I was like, oh God, I'd love to be like, well, I always want to be called for jury duty anyway. But there was this one time I made this comment. and I was like, God, I'd love, like, I'd love to have a day in course. Just one day. <laughs> Didn't I get a letter? Because I didn't have no fault of my own. But the TV licence wasn't paid, like, for quite some time. (laughs) I got a letter. Like, you need to come to court. And then I just went and paid the TV licence.
1: I was like, who did... Jesus.
0: Anyway. So be careful what you wish for.
1: It's an absolute fortune. It's a fortune.
0: Arm and a leg. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the lads are kicking off in the corridor, right? And then an alarm rings out. And Tommy spots his chance to attack a prison guard and leg it through the building. Now, I love this, right? Because I was a bit like, that is the most like, unthought-out escape plan. There was about 95 different things that could have gone wrong there. If there was one extra police person on duty, if he didn't scale the building, if anyone that was there watching him managed to stop him, Richard, on the balcony, stop that man. Like, there was a lot that could have gone on. I was kind of expecting a more planned-out ambush, I have to say, but what I did really like about it was Tommy running through the outside of the court shouting, police move, and I thought that was cool.
0: it was clever. Now that um, I liked, and
1: he did look like a policeman because he looked very mm, suave mm, in his James Bond audition. Oh wow. There's lots of thoughts suits. and
0: theories on that. We'll we'll discuss we'll discuss everyone's opinions on it.
1: I loved the police move. The the rest of it, I was like, "There's too many moving parts that could have gone wrong there, and it didn't feel like a strong escape plan for me." Considering the
2: man has like 500 I years. I thought there'd in be prison. machine guns, you know, going off.
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like there would be. Or are we just yeah. are we just too t- in telly world? I thought the man would be handcuffed. I thought. I, like hundred percent. Like he scaled that wall; it was no bother to him. Do you know what I mean? And
0: also, you think a yes, a, a better thought out escape plan, and b if not, better security, defense, police. Kind of, yeah, yeah. He's an incredibly
1: him. dangerous murderer, rapist. Like, yeah. surely there will be two men on that. Do- like, surely there's no to go- reason
0: to uncuff him in that yeah box.
1: And I just I'm struggling to believe that you can have two. Lumps outside start a fight, and then that's enough of a distraction that that doesn't ha- happen in courtrooms all the time, that you can break out one of the most wanted criminals in the UK. Like, Tommy's so evil. Now, everything that we'll, happened we'll, after we'll, again, that Again, we we'll love.
0: discuss, yeah, we'll discuss this in a minute, but okay. Rebecca pointed out a message we got from somebody, and we'll, we will, we will, we, will, we shall discuss. Okay, great. Point. But I have
1: to say, ten out of ten for him scaling out that box, that was like a very, you know, pull yourself up, that's brilliant, good for him. Loved the police move situation. And then what happened now? I thought that was fantastic. So he legs it around to Rico's news agents, guys, into the back, changes into a delivery driver outfit waiting there for him, and off he pops in plain sight. Once again, he did this in season one, the fucker, when he went and bought War and Peace and put a little <laughs> hat on <laughs> on his bike. And there's He loves a bit of role play, doesn't he? He loves the chance of getting costumes. Actually great. (laughs) So he's smiling away. There's kerfuffle going on in the court. Richard bumps into his grandson. He's like, for Christ's sake, Ryan. But I mean, for Christ's sake, Richard, because you should have had a tracker on his phone and you should have known that he was going to try and go. And meanwhile, Tommy Lee Royce cycles off into the sunset. And that was... Episode four, Oh, hello,
2: well done. It was oh, such a Hannah. brilliant episode. Like, oh great my god! Great recap.
1: Yeah, it's my favourite one so far. I absolutely loved it.
0: I would imagine sales of that red uh, cycling top have gone through the roof after that. He looked, you know, quite fetching in it.
1: You know, he, I'm really the man can wear anything apart from a wig. Mm-hmm. And I did like the warm piece look.
0: If I'm honest, guys, no, it wasn't no, my yeah.
1: favourite, but I wouldn't call it a bad no. look. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! His court suit, that that dark blue shirt with the the the, the navy, yes,
1: yes, quite was it gorgeous.
0: Um, okay. There are lots of thoughts, theories and opinions on, uh, this episode this week. So thank you for all of your emails, shrinepod at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone who emails us via the website, shrinepodcasts.com and for Friendly, all your DMs.
1: Support the website.
0: Yay. Uh, and for all your DMs and all your, uh, your tweets as well, Twitter, Instagram we're at shrinepod. Um, okay. Let's get stuck in. And I'm going to start with a couple of concerns or criticisms, right? So the Red Baron 1918 on Twitter says, given the severity of Tommy Lee Royce's crimes, including being a cop killer, it's a real stretch to think he wouldn't have been cuffed to at least one copper Anytime that he wasn't in prison. A minor nitpick, I know, but the terrible security at court felt a little bit contrived. Um, Ange agrees, uh, security in that courtroom was shocking. Surely Tommy Lee Royce should have been wearing handcuffs. Uh, Grobby 81, that last episode stretched the realms of reality. Um, it's kind of ruined it, to be honest, Grobby says. No, not everyone agrees with that. And sorry, just on that point, um Rebecca pointed out we did get a message from somebody who sent us a link to an article.
2: Michelle Burke-B. And The headline Michelle, of this, Mich- thank you, thank Michelle you.
0: Thank you. Um thank you, Michelle. Um so this is a link to an article on Manchester Evening News and it is from uh the third of January this year. So this is only a couple of weeks ago so actually this would have been filmed before this happened but the headline on this Manchester Evening News article is Man jumps out of dock and flees courtroom after being jailed for assault and Oh my god in the actual story the way it describes him uh, escaping is uh, sorry where was the word that I loved it was oh yeah he vaulted over the box which kind of describes exactly what Tommy did in um, Happy Valley to that's vault. Exactly what like, happened. Yeah, no, it, like it, it that's a high. Ju- that's a high jump. And the vault? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. Look, that didn't sit very well with me. Anyway, I'm not. I, I'm not sure. Um, Moving on, and I've called this section Fans of Faisal. Uh, Knickers 1607 says, very clever by Faisal, doesn't have to dispose of the body as Hepworth will do that for him. If the suitcase isn't usually there, which alerted Hepworth, uh, then does it mean it's Faisal's or did he find it in the house? Is there Faisal's family's DNA all over it? Uh, Vintage C says, Faisal with his cool, calm and confident demeanour that we've not seen before. Only two hours to go and so much to be covered. Uh, Hazel in Ireland says Faisal and Rob after the car bump, one being polite and calm, the other clearly agitated and in a state, all caught on video, Um, as we said, with uh, the daughter filming on her phone. Uh, Leanne Coppin says really shocked by how calm and cold Faisal was. Uh, He thinks he's got it all sewn up. Uh, Joanne Poole says Faisal set him up good and proper with his cool and calm collected reaction uh, to being rear-ended. A lot of people messaging about Alison and her clutch, saying if she can't fix the clutch, how is she going to fix Catherine's Land Rover and the alternator? There's a lot of opinions. And, Hannah, as you said... Alison has been brought back into this for a reason. She's not there simply to lend her truck and then fix the alternator oh, on the Also, um, Alison lives Land in the apartment
2: Rook. block where the sprinklers don't work if there ever was a fire. So Alison is yeah. she's gonna be central to the next two episodes. Surely her and Nevison, or maybe Nevison. Maybe Nevison's just a nice guy who likes Bentleys. Well, yeah. guys to know that. Someone tweeted us
1: in, we'll do this in a second, but someone tweeted us in a little description of next week's episode and no, we'll oh, be No, back. are you joking? There is a description. Reb, honestly, six minutes to go. Go into the notifications are you, on Twitter. Oh my pet. gosh,
2: because, uh, guys, because... Thank you, at Beacon24. Because, uh, because there has been no description... I literally checked an hour ago, and it's not on the BBC website, which makes me really worried. But anyway, we'll get to the description very shortly. Oh,
0: a live update. Oh my God. The the drama. Um, Okay, sticking with Alison, Ellie Bond says, Alison is going to be the hero when Tommy Lee Royce rocks up looking for Ryan. There will be a showdown, and Alison, handy with a gun, will save Catherine's life. Catherine saved Alison's life in the last series, and we've had this before where... You know, each series definitely links into each other. And and did we have it with um, or was this a theory with Catherine and um Anne yeah. Gallagher and how one saved the other and now one's going to that save was the other. our
2: it was an observation, was an observation. Yeah, that was one of our kind okay. of would be perfect if Anne said revenge was a dish best served yeah. cold. But some people think Brian's going to say that and be a shocker. I yeah. think that's
1: a great Jade about Alison to be honest because they did bring back up basically Catherine told Richard that she saw, shot her son. But she's like, you know, her bite isn't bad and whatever. So they brought it back up for a reason, I think.
0: Yeah. And um, there's a really good theory about Alison's involvement here from uh, Adrian Ray on email. Um, where did Tommy get his dinky mobile from? It was stashed in a food cabinet in the prison, suggesting it came in through a catering service. Who do we know is working for a food company? Alison, working for Ramsden's Ready Meals. Now, I did not... No, she this.
2: is, but she got another um, job at Nevison as a forklift.
0: Okay, OK, well, she was she in was. Ramsden's, I guess, when the when the phone was mm. smuggled in. Um, so Adrian is saying we're all assuming Alison's completely fine with Catherine, but she ended up in prison after Catherine pulled her out of a suicidal overdose state and then arrested her. So potentially there's motive. I found the conversations about the knackered clutch and the double D clutch interesting. Was she being helpful or figuring out how Catherine would react if something went wrong? Lo and behold, in episode four, she's blithely fitting an alternator to Catherine's Land Rover with a weird, starry-eyed look. Is she being helpful or sinister? Richard's reaction, uh, reaction seemed to suggest we should be a little more concerned than Catherine was. And now it looks like Alison will be working for Nevis and Gallagher, which could bring her closer to Anne's storyline. Is the trauma of how her son was conceived making it more or less likely she would ally herself with someone like Tommy Lee Royce? Is it somehow linked to this person who made contact with Ryan for Tommy? So this mystery person outside the school. Uh, but who is the link? Or uh, is it just too early in the morning and I should try and get back to sleep? I'm so confused. Adrian, thank you for your email. Um, Can I just say that? Yes,
1: Oh God, now I had a point and it's gone. Completely gone. Okay, I'll be back. It's gone.
0: Yeah, if it comes back to you, sure, shout. Uh, Natalie Griffin says, what if Joyce is trying to confirm a lot of people on the fence about whether Joyce is dodgy Sorry, or Sorry, I remember nosy. it really quickly. Go, go on.
1: Alison was in prison, obviously, for the manslaughter charge. So, do you think she could have met someone in prison or through the prison system that linked her to Tommy? Or maybe yeah. she went a bit evil or maybe she had to make a pact with someone?
0: Yeah, she absolutely could have done, yeah. Yeah. Um Natalie Griffin, she says, What if Joyce is trying to confirm Catherine's leaving due arrangements so that Tommy uh can show up and take his revenge in front of loads of people so it has maximum oh my impact. God. Um but Natalie says I'd hate to find out that Joyce is a wrong. Um 150 on Instagram says, Hey guys, love your podcast so much and loving Happy Valley. Uh, I went over the trailer too. And I think the clip of Catherine with the taser, do you remember I described the, the door in the hallway last week? Um, yeah. Lozzy 150 on Instagram says that is Catherine's own house. That's the same stained glass door Stop. when you look back. She said it's shown more in series two. Shit. So uh, Lozzy thinks Tommy's end game is going to be to try and kill Catherine. He wants to escape and loves Ryan, but I think he hates Catherine more than yeah, anything. Yeah, he hates so Catherine Lossie more thinks, than he loves Ryan.
1: Yeah, yeah, because if he really loved Ryan, he'd know that Ryan loved Catherine and that would cancel it out.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Lozzy thinks that, that that scene of Catherine is in her own house and that it's Tommy coming to kill her. Um. Laurie says, I don't think Faisal put Joanna in the suitcase. I think it was, and this is Laurie's take on this, the fake policeman. So Faisal thinks Rob has hidden the body because of no police ambulance, hence something on your mind at the crash. But the fake policeman found her and hid her to punish Rob as per Tommy's instruction. So remember, the fake policeman? Well, a, a, I think what Laurie's saying here is that the, the phone call that Rob Hepworth got in school may not have been from the real police and that the officer who turned up and met him at his house could have been somebody working for Tommy oh slash the Konezoviches. And uh, because remember in the last episode when Ryan went in to visit him in prison, Tommy in prison, and he was obviously very concerned about how Rob was treating Ryan. And Laurie's suggesting this could be a way to get back at him.
1: Okay, I'm obsessed with that. A twist on a twist.
0: It's a twist, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that'd be great now. I don't know, but that I yeah. love that happened. Cause he, yeah. do you know what I did think guys have to say now I was like would detective DC Hayes go to that house on his own do you not always go to like in a pair yeah this is from all That's the shows true. I watch now yeah.
2: absolutely no real life base in but like isn't it always a pair although they she is just missing at this point not for 24 but hours did the police
1: I didn't realise police people went anywhere on their own yeah, I you're thought right. you
2: always had someone yeah with you should it. have someone with you
0: well, as we know from, uh, you know, the UFO sightings and the home office request, you know, resources are low. Maybe you They're have to go by yourself sometimes. Yeah, because yeah, um, for a second
1: I was like, is yeah. Rob going to go crazy and kill him? Like, he could. There's no one else in the house. He could just go ballistic.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um OK, the final two theories uh this week. Uh, Mandy on email says, final scene prediction. Catherine and Claire making up and having a brew in the allotments to celebrate Tommy's demise they come across the buried money from the boyos. Claire moves out of the tiny house and Catherine hits the Himalayas in her new oh Land my Rover. God.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. I, I like that, that now. I
0: and that. The, uh, the final word uh, this week to uh, Raquel Cuifa. Um have no idea where it's going to go, but two episodes left and two days till retirement. Oh
2: today. my God.
1: when you put it like that so does that mean Ivan is getting married like on the Wednesday and then Catherine's retirement is the Thursday yeah
0: because she's having dinner with the super or one of the bosses on the Wednesday and then on Thursday she's like you can kiss my sweet ass goodbye she's
2: out of there oh my god okay guys, so many theories. My head's actually spinning because I'm like, I don't know what way this is going to go. So just a few details on next week's episode and some press bits. Okay. So looking ahead at next week, normally we do get a one or two line short synopsis of the upcoming episode on the BBC website. I have been refreshing this constantly. And all it says is three words, crime, drama, series. That's it. Nothing else, just crime drama series. Now, this could be someone in the BBC quiet quitting, or it could mean that next week's episode is so juicy they don't want to give us any information. Now, a live update where they're onto us. ITV a live update. The person
0: who, yeah, the person who quit in the ITV role clearly didn't move to the BBC to do the same job. So, a
2: lovely (laughs) listener called Rachel Beacon has tweeted the podcast as we're recording, and she says, "OMG, Shrine Pod, have you seen this? I'm already so stressed, and it is a screen grab." of page thirteen of a magazine, I'm not sure what publication this is, so we can reference that at a later point. But um, it's a description of next week's episode. Now, guys, I'd imagine this needs to be pulled if the BBC aren't giving out their own official information. But somebody in some magazine has information on episode five of Happy Valley season three. Yeah, it's episode five is next. Yes, that makes sense. Okay, well, it I read you out this description. That I feel has been leaked.
0: Please. <laughs>
2: With Tommy Lee Royce now on the run, Catherine and her family are forced to seek safety at Nevison's until the psychopath <gasps> is caught. Oh my god! No, that's a I trap, I know, guys. That's a trap. Is, is it a trap, guys? the Nevison Gallagher is not. Evil. No, but like he guys, could be mixed up I a bit. I'm a pal, This is ridiculous. So, so, she they seek safety at Nevison's until the psychopath is caught. And also, does Nevison own the house that Anne and um, Daniel are living in? That gorgeous house. No,
0: I think they bought that themselves. Did they mention that in the first episode of this series? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm sure. not sure. Anyway, I think they, just thought, I think we all thought, thought that, that
2: was mm. going to go up in flames, but maybe it's Nevison's yeah. it how So, okay, they seek safety at Nevison's until the psychopath is caught. But the stress leads Catherine to verbally attack Claire so fiercely that it's hard to see how the sisters can ever recover. Meanwhile,
1: oh God. the God. net
2: is closing in on flustered pharmacist Faisal for killing Joanna Hepworth. Flustered pharmacist Okay
0: great Flustered pharmacist That's great <laughs> That'd
2: be you Brandon
1: If you got your little job <laughs> oh, got my
0: little job If my stickers weren't working I'd be a flustered so pharmacist So
2: thanks so much so guys, the guys To Rachel for sending in. us that Because the BBC Don't have anything up About next week's episode Which I fully feel Is deliberate I don't think it's someone Who just isn't arsed Filling it in No I feel like that's Too much information That we got there probably probably love it, too, yeah, i love it i love it But
1: I feel There'll be wigs now But come here The Nets closing in On flustered pharmacist Faisal How is Rob going flip this
0: yeah which means then that the heat is off he's Rob gonna have of an alibi guys episode, which is he was interesting. In
2: school and she died. Um, he's gonna have an alibi can i
0: do you know something that's interesting um do you remember a couple of episodes ago when joanna met faisal in a coffee shop and i said on her t-shirt it said underestimate me it'll be fun that'll yeah. be fun that's the same t-shirt that he held up again when the policeman was there and i'm just like that is that's deliberate that's it's not an accident that the it's that slogan and that we've been shown it twice and I'm wondering before she died did Joanna put stuff in place to frame somebody to get revenge on someone I just think that even beyond the grave Joanna's going to like pull something out of the bag
1: I love that observation and it leads into a theory that I got from my mum this week so perfectly that she thinks that Poppy has a recording device in her (gasps) jacket and that is why she won't take it off and that Joanne, Joanna, and her daughters have been conspiring to get out of that relationship and out of that house for a long time because we've heard so much about that. And if Poppy has everything recorded on a phone, then Faisal's fucked. Um, And Joanne, Joanna was not to be underestimated because she She had had a plan plan all all along. along. Also,
0: that
2: is That is an amazing
1: Isn't that brilliant?
2: and I and I yeah. there's the, the jacket thing has to be referenced again. We're gonna find out why she hasn't taken the jacket off. We have to because it's been mentioned too many times. But the thing about that t shirt is she was wearing that in the cafe great, when yeah, she met amazing. Faisal. And I think CCTV will come out of her meeting with him wearing that top. Do you know? I think that might just link that oh, to the t He showed it to the police officer. Yeah.
1: yeah and it's very like, this is it. like, it's very um noticeable. It memorable. is very memorable. Yeah. A Logan
2: T. So maybe that's just them going, she's with your man then. That's the day she went missing. She was with another man the day she yeah. went missing. Do you know?
0: I, yeah I think it's a signpost to be like this we, we've we oh, yeah I think it's a signpost to be like Don't, do not underestimate her I, and I I hope that from beyond the grave like there's going to be some spectacular like reveal yeah. that she too. will have plotted I something I know I hope so um, She was
1: over by all these she was. stupid men so she needs yeah. to get her moment So guys just to, What yeah. do we think
0: what do we think that Poppy saw when she walked in the door because there, that lingering look went on too long and I'm wondering with the time scale of So when Faisal was in the garage with Joanna, it was school time. So Rob and the girls were at school and by the time they got home and by the time he would clean up the, uh, I'm assuming there was some blood on the kitchen floor, move her body, get the suitcase, gather his own thoughts, you know, clean the rolling pin, dispose of it, do whatever. That's going to take some amount of time. So I would say if Faisal is the one that put Joanna into the suitcase, he would have barely been finished zipping it up when Rob's car pulled into the drive. Did Poppy see Faisal I don't I'm not don't know how the house is laid out but did she see him well the net's
2: closing in so someone has seen something something is going to come out to connect Faisal whether it is any CCTV whether it is the kids could be the key though that they've seen something or heard something because he always kept jumping over the fence and going into the house so like they clearly have seen him constantly stand the kids are not stupid so guys just speaking on Faisal really quickly Amit Shah who plays him was on the Obsessed with podcast um that BBC do and he revealed that he doesn't know how it all ends for his character because they filmed the final scenes in various different ways and Sally was directing them and he said it's quite open and they did different options so he's not entirely sure how he's going to end up which I just loved that they filmed a few different endings to, to Faisal's character anyway we don't know of the overall series but I think that's amazing that is so good do you think this is specific to Faisal and I'm like, Amit Shah not being <laughs>
1: responsible enough to know the ending or do you be. think she wanted to give herself options in the editing yeah.
0: you think? Maybe she wanted to give herself options because I mean like you know an NDA guys if you heard Mm. of one.
1: Yeah but this is what they do to Tom Holland. The man cannot be given any information about the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he just spits it out in interviews. He's like
0: a colander.
1: Maybe I'm a a bit of a Tom Holland or maybe nobody (laughs) knows how the series is
2: going to end. We only have one man's
0: Leaky (laughs) McLeakerson.
2: I can't believe you could call Tom Holland a colander. It's hilarious. Um, A few notable tweets of the week, guys. Um, Did you guys ever read Me Before You? It was turned into a film with Sam Claffin and Amelia Thingy-Majiggy from Game of Thrones. It's a very good book. No. Anyway, this is a tweet from the author of that book, uh, Jojo Moyes. She said, if bad things happen to Catherine at the end of this series, I'm not sure if I'll be able to forgive Sally and co. I agree. I don't think we're going to be happy. I think
0: that, for, from the interview that we read and I think three. it was Variety at the start of this series, I, I get the impression and I hope that Sally wants to write that she doesn't want the bad people to win I think she wants the good people to win and I'm hoping that's how it's going to go we
2: are bad we people we are bad people uh, we are TV bad blogger people. Elliot Gonzalez said holy shit this show just keeps getting better and better just two more hours left and that's it I'll be so sad when it's over but my god how we have been lucky that it even existed in the first place a total masterpiece I agree Elliot TV and film writer Terry White said Sally Wainwright always does stuff I love Terry yeah, she said Sally Wainwright always does stuff in episodes 3 and 4 that most writers would save for the final two, which means then all bets and conventions are off for the finale and I'm not sure my constitution will withstand it. Um, And we've also got a tweet in from Catherine White at the Pet Podcast on um, Twitter, who said, massive spoiler alert, but here the fabulous James Norton um, speaking about where... He cut himself filming the explosive episode four. And it's a link to the BBC website, which says five minutes on Happy Valley on set with James Norton. So there is a five minute interview with James Norton chatting about that explosive scene that's coming in episode four or episode five or six. Um, which we'll definitely okay. be checking out after this podcast. Only saw that tweet come in a few minutes ago. So I can't wait to listen. Um, and yeah, there are my few observations of the week, guys. We're in for a whopper five Sorry, and six, death. aren't we?
1: I'm obsessed with the press wrap up. But yeah, like usually the format of these dramas is that the penultimate episode will have the most amount of drama and will peak. And then season six or the episode six, the final episode will sort of nicely tie things in a bow. But as Terry White said there, Sally doesn't necessarily follow um, the usual pattern. So I'm just very excited. And I'm actually kind of nervous for the last two days to
2: go, two episodes to go. Holy shit.
0: yeah. I'm already God. sad that it's going to be over. Like, Same. I, I've been enjoying it even, genuinely, even more than I expected to. I think that season on season on season of Happy Valley, it's just improved like no end. And it was phenomenal to start with. Um, and it's just got better and better.
1: I completely agree with you because we didn't podcast the first two seasons. So we didn't know what to expect by doing this. And the amount of emails and theories that mm-hmm. we get in for this is off the wall like people just want to talk about it i really didn't expect to get that much feedback but as you said brendan to also enjoy it and i'm just hoping that there's a door a crack left open for maybe a christmas special in five years time i don't know know.
2: or a movie spin
1: off give sarah the awesome movie Look, oh, I take a, let's take a I leap in Luther's book. Yeah. Look at them heading to the silver screen. Honestly. Yeah,
0: true. Um, did we discuss in this episode? I, if we did, I missed it. My apologies. The fact that Catherine called him a wankatron. <laughs> oh,
2: no, he, he called Tommy Lee Roy the wankatron. In, yeah,
0: in the kitchen to Richard, <laughs> I'm was. sure it was. She was like that a wank-a-tron.
2: wankatron. And I have it in my outro, Brendan, wankatron. I, 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 wank-a-tron. I, oh, sorry. Do, well, there, sorry, there's me now covered it well do you, do you want yeah, to do it yeah read it out anyway <laughs> My right, that's it for another episode of Shrine if you are enjoying this podcast we won't accept tints of tuna as payment but you can support us on patreon.com forward slash shrine pod you will get early access to episodes and thank you to all of the lovely listeners who already do support us uh, we will be back at the same time next week discussing the penultimate episode of Happy Valley we cannot believe there's only two left and um, no. all I'll say is savour it guys savour it and get ready for the Showdown of all showdowns. Until then, get back on your bike and head off smiling like TV's best villain, Tommy Lee Royce, the Wankatron himself. <laughs> <laughs> ta ta. This is TV worth talking about. This is Shrine Podcasts. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.